head and gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. How could Pilate do it? Of all the cases that Pontius Pilate had as Roman governor, this one had to be the easiest. In fact, the Bible tells us that that Pilate uh, knew that it was out of jealousy that the Jewish people were handing Jesus over to him. He knew there was not a single charge that could be charged against Jesus. He was innocent. And so how could Pilate do it? Fear started creeping into Pilate's heart. He knew that if he let an uprising happen, the Roman government would be looking for his job. And so what did he do? He told, them, he told the people, look, Jesus is innocent, and so here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to pacify you a little bit, because I know you're jealous of Jesus. I'm just going to have him whipped, flogged, tortured, beaten, mocked. How's that for you? How could he do it? He knew Jesus was innocent. How could the people do it? The only thing that Jesus was guilty of was taking praise and honor and glory away from the Jewish religious church leaders. And, and so how could the people rally behind them and ask for Jesus' death? Pilate still didn't want to crucify Jesus, and so did you catch what he offered the people? He said, here, I got it. Here's Barabbas. I'll release one of them to you, Barabbas, notorious murderer and insurrectionist, or Jesus. Nobody liked Barabbas. One, he was a murderer. Two, he was an insurrectionist. And what was the fear of the Jewish people? Their own uprisings. Because if the Roman government got mad enough at them, they would come in and wipe out the temple, wipe out their worship practices, and that was it. And so this Barabbas guy was a problem. Not only was he murdering people, he was causing uprisings, and it was a bad look for the Jewish people. And there's Barabbas, standing next to Jesus. No hope. Guilty. Everyone knows he's guilty. He's helpless to change his situation. And there he stands. When all of a sudden someone yells, Barabbas! Followed by a second person. Barabbas! And pretty soon it spreads like a Texas wildfire and the whole crowd is yelling, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. And hope fills this criminal. And what does Pilate do? He condemns the innocent Son of God, Jesus. 
and he lets the guilty one go free. How could Pilate do it? How could the people do it? But maybe there's a better question to ask. Maybe not a better question, but maybe a more interesting question, thought-provoking question. How could God do it? You see, as that court, as that trial was taking place in the court of Pilate, there was another trial taking place in the heavenly court. God was the judge, and there stood the innocent Son of God, Jesus, and you next to him. Me, next to him. And there we stood, guilty, godless, powerless to change our situation, sinners. We were guilty of all charges. And what did God do? He condemned the innocent Son of God. And he let you and me go free. How could God do it? The answer? Love. And yet, this loving God was still completely just in doing it because of what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, he was innocent, to be sin for us. Jesus became our sin. When we talk about Jesus being our substitute, he's not just someone who takes our place and and dies. Jesus took responsibility for each and every one of our sins. He claimed them as his own. And so God the Father condemns his only son to be crucified for you and for me so that God declares from his courtroom that you are innocent. You are guilt-free. You are free of all charges. You have his righteousness. You know, as we, we come to Good Friday, we come to celebrate the death of our Savior. And it's more than just a death. Jesus dying on the cross, it's more than just a memorial service for Jesus. It's our substitute, the one who took our place under God's judgment. And as we approach the cross tonight, as we do so, we we can leave with sadness. And, And rightly so. It's my sin that held him there. My name is written in his wounds. And yet, let's not forget what Hebrew says. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? You, for eternity. And so as we surround the cross tonight, as we remember our Savior crucified for us, let's be filled with awe. Let's be filled with humility. Let's be filled with gratitude and thanks and an unbelievable sense of his love for you and me, the one who took our place. Amen.